everyone. Welcome back to the Grit to Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Steph Corbell, and as always, I'm happy to be here with you again for yet another episode designed to help you develop your inner resilience. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. And if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss out on any of my future episodes. And if you're a current subscriber, consider giving this podcast a review on Apple or Spotify to help boost it in the algorithm so that I can reach more people. So one of the things that's proven to be a challenge about doing a weekly podcast centered on personal development is, as your host, if I'm offering advice, I have to walk the walk, meaning I have to live what I'm talking about. And you know, it's it's actually a really hard thing to do. But it's absolutely worth it, because it keeps me accountable for my own actions in a big way. And let me tell you something, I have been avoiding today's topic, like you wouldn't believe. Now, normally, when I do podcasts, I work a few weeks out in advance on episodes, I brainstorm topics, I outline what I'm going to talk about, that kind of stuff. But this week, I left everything entirely to the last second, like two days before the episode comes out to do everything, because this topic is one of my personal biggest challenges. And like anyone else, it's not exactly good times to get raw with yourself and to face your challenges and to try to move past them. Am I right? Okay, my introduction is done. And today's topic, the one that's a rough one for me is this. You are your surroundings. You are a reflection of what you choose to surround yourself with. Now, do you choose to surround yourself with positive thinking people? Or do you have a habit like I've had, of taking on project friends because you feel like they need your help? Do you choose to work a job in alignment with your higher values? Or do you do whatever you need to do because you feel like you've got to survive? Are you in a romantic relationship with your best friend, someone that you really resonate with and who challenges you daily to be the best version of yourself? Or Do you stay in a romantic relationship with someone who's not in a good space themselves, or maybe talks down to you or blames you for their problems, but eh, you don't want to be alone, so you stick around? Do you choose to watch media that helps strengthen your mindset? Or do you stick to reality TV of people mired in mental disorders or conflict or trauma to make you feel better about yourself? Now, look, I could go on and on and on here, but we'll stop and move on to a personal story to help me illustrate this point. If you've listened to my podcast for a while, you'll know I'm a tattoo artist and I own a tattoo studio in Southern California. I'm going on 15 years in the industry as of this summer, and it has been a crazy journey, to say the least. Now, if you're familiar with the industry, look, I hate generalizing and using stereotypes, But tattoo artists, uh, we're not exactly known for being the nicest or the most customer service oriented people around. And tattoo shops, yeah, you know, they're generally not exactly family friendly establishments. Now, of course, there are big exceptions and plenty of them exist. There are lots of very professional clean studios out there, but for the most part, where I live, maybe 80 to 90% of the shops here are old school street style shops. The walls are probably painted black inside. There's a bunch of heavily tattooed dudes outside hanging out, smoking and taking smoke breaks every 15 minutes. They've got super loud music on inside. To say the least, it's kind of an intimidating environment if you're not familiar with the culture. 
Now for me, I apprenticed in some pretty reputable shops that weren't necessarily scary like that. But once I cut loose on my own, oh my God, I could do an entire podcast on the crazy stuff that I've seen go down in these walk-in street style shops that I used to work in. Now, what happens in shops like that, especially if you're the only woman working there, it gets kind of hard to stay positive. People, the artists, they compete for the foot traffic coming in the door. I mean, I have literally had guys a foot taller than me knock me over in the hallway to beat me to the front counter when someone walked in. I've gotten death threats from coworkers, for real. One thing that happens as well is that the artists get real jaded, real fast working in that kind of environment. Like, you just want to get people in and out the door. Who cares what their story is, what the meaning is behind the tattoo, who cares what the client is like? You just so-called lick it and stick it, pocket the cash, and move on. You start to expect that everyone wants a deal from you and you get super pissy when people want changes to their designs. You start feeling like everyone's a pain in your ass and you're always on the defensive. That kind of stress, that kind of cutthroat shop vibe, it's actually very toxic. After years of working in that environment, I started noticing that my speech patterns started to change. I noticed everything changing when it came to my expectations of people. I expected that everyone was just trying to get stuff for free or take advantage of me. I expected to be on the defensive all the time with coworkers, and I got real territorial of my own clients. And by the time I hit my late 30s, I had a real, so to speak, come to Jesus moment with this stuff because it was truly affecting everything about my life. I had come to have this expectation that everyone was screwed up, that everyone, even outside the shop community, had big, dark secrets to hide because I saw so many crazy things with my coworkers and customers. I thought that everyone was out to get me. At that time, I had gotten in a new relationship with my now husband, and my paranoia, my toxic mindset, it threatened to hurt my very new, very positive relationship with someone who was so incredibly devoted and kind to me, who had no ulterior motives and only wanted me to be happy and wanted to support me in whatever I wanted to do. So I knew I had to make some big changes. And so realizing how bitter, jaded, and competitive I'd become, I decided to open my own studio by myself and intended for it to have a very different vibe. I made it a non-negotiable that my former attitude this thing that happens so often to people in my industry, it just did not have room to exist in my studio. Not from me and not from anyone that I employed. I was going to set that positive example for everyone else. And I have remained committed to that for the past five years. My studio, it is not at all what you would think of as a typical tattoo shop. What's happened? I am busier than ever. I have the most amazing clients. We are talking about some of the most positive people around. And all those effects of associating with these types of people and setting this kind of vibe, it's all spiraled out into my personal life. I associate now with friends who are mentally healthy, with people that I look up to. The friends I have now are next level in terms of their maturity, outlook, and how they inspire me to be a better person. I associate with other successful small business owners. I do charitable work for local nonprofits to affect change in my own community. And it has been a complete and total business, not to mention life overhaul. 
And as a result, my relationship with my husband is going strong. Now that I'm not always so paranoid and vigilant, expecting the worst from people like I used to do. So what if you're not happy with where you are? You're not happy with a relationship, with your job, with your social circle, and you want to make changes? The first thing that you need to do is evaluate right now what you're currently surrounding yourself with. It's impossible to be an island and not be affected by whatever is going on around you. So let's get started with a single exercise this week. And I'm going to be doing this one right along with you today. And I will share what I come up with on my own Instagram stories this week. I want you, if you can right now, like if you're at home sitting down somewhere, if not, try this when you get a free moment, get out your favorite notebook or journal and a pen. And I want you to sit for five minutes in complete and total silence and ask yourself this question. Where do I see myself in 10 years? Now, I want you to be idealistic. I want you to think outside the box. And I do not want you to think about what other people might want from you for this exercise. Ask yourself, if I can have whatever I want and my external ties aren't an issue, where would I want to be in 10 years? Visualize that. See the house you live in, the car you're driving, the job you go to, the relationship you have with your partner or your family, the social activities you might be doing. And now look, I know sitting in silence might be hard if you've never done it before. It can be for me. And if you get distracted, direct your thoughts right back to that ideal vision of what you want for yourself in your mind's eye. After the five minutes, I want you to write down everything that you remember. You can use categories, relationships, friendships, career, family, money, home, and also, very important, location. Too often, we don't think about a where when it comes to setting goals, and I can tell you right now that if you're not on the same page with, say, your romantic partner about lifestyle and weather and location, that's actually a huge problem. Take your time with this writing exercise. Take as much time as you need and go into depth with it. Set aside some good, quiet, alone time for it where you won't be distracted. And above all else, as you're doing this exercise, don't judge what's coming out, like saying, oh, that's never going to happen as you go on. Now, when you're done, put your journal or your piece of paper away for 24 good hours. And the next day, I want you to pull that list out again and now you're going to start to evaluate the list. Now this, this is what I personally hate doing because it's where stuff gets mad real. What you're going to do is an exercise of comparing your current surroundings and you're making an inventory of your current situation, say relationships, friendships, job. Ask yourself and write it down. Are these surroundings, are these relationships, are these friendships, is this job, are these things even capable of leading me to the best vision I have for myself or are they getting in my way? Now, I'm going to take a deep breath here. Yep, because it can get raw real fast. Had I done this inventory 10 years ago when I was in a bad marriage situation with my first husband? Oh, God. See, for me, I grew up in a household seeing an unhappy marriage. So that's what I expected for myself. I never had a model of a healthy relationship. 
And so I expected that every marriage would be fraught with conflict and self-sacrifice. But in my mind's eye, that was in conflict with the vision I had for myself. I saw myself having freedom, supported with happy functional people around me, and working as a successful small business owner. And my first marriage, it was not in alignment with that at all. And yeah, as a result, it ended. Now, admittedly, this is a really heavy exercise. Here's an example. Let's say you have some big goals financially, and you find that you're surrounding yourself with friends that have this big-time scarcity mindset, like a fixed mindset that there's never enough money, that everything's a struggle, and we're never going to get out of this situation. Ask yourself, can you be around people like that and not let it affect your forward momentum? Probably not. And that right there is likely a sign that you're starting to outgrow some of your older friendships. You see where I'm going with this and why it's a hard exercise to do? I recommend taking several days, maybe even a week or two, to go into depth with this evaluation exercise. Whatever you do, don't rush it. Maybe you take a few minutes every morning to do this self-inventory to see if your vision for yourself is in alignment with what your surroundings are. And if it is, awesome, you're on the right track. But if it's not, it's a sign that you need to start making some big changes. My biggest advice here, my husband always tells me to aspire up. So start associating with people with situations that you aspire to or look up to or admire. Live this in every possible way that you can. Even in little small things, aspire up. Let's say you only get a few minutes of downtime in your day, and in that time, you typically watch Netflix or something else to unwind. So maybe instead of fluff or reality crap or brain candy, you replace that with a YouTube video of someone who specializes in personal development or in entrepreneurship, if that's what you have an interest in. Look for things that have positive qualities. Whatever you do, don't get mired down in the mud of life. Be that relationships that simply dwell on what's wrong or media that's focused only on the terrible things out there. You've got to shed that kind of stuff in order to achieve big visions for yourself. See that vision, then tackle the evaluation of your current state, and then make those small shifts in your social circle, your personal media consumption, your topics of conversation. And after that, you'll start to see big changes. Always aspire up to start living big. Are you going to try this exercise with me this week? If so, let me know. I would love to hear from you. You can connect with me through my website over at grittogrowth.com and on my Instagram page at Steph Corbell. That's C-O-R-B-E-L-L. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss out on future episodes. And until next week, remember that you're more resilient than you realize and you're stronger than you know.